0: We're back for another Manchester United preview. And after losing to Sheffield United yesterday, we've got Arsenal at the weekend. So I thought I'd invite my friend Luke, who I haven't spoken to, like Amin, or I haven't spoken to like for 10 years from our school days, on to preview the, the game. So it's all good. So welcome, Luke. Thank you very much for joining the call. And it's nice to speak to you again.
1: Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it.
0: It's going to be so much fun because like at our school, Man United versus Arsenal is probably one of the biggest games in the year group. Obviously, it's Arsenal v Spurs, the top one, but Man United versus Arsenal is always the one where you get people arguing about all sorts of nonsense, and you just you just couldn't escape it. Whether you're a Man United or an Arsenal fan, or just another fan, it'd just be around for the whole week before the game would lead up to it. And we've got it on Saturday, I believe, we're playing you at the Emirates.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 now you say that, actually, I remember like the the, the kind of atmosphere there was. But, like so, I remember Josh, Jesse, like, Benny, <laughs> the whole like you, even. Um, I just it was school when we played each other. It was always you, you either dreaded or, or looked forward to coming in.
0: And it was more the times that the, like surprisingly, the more the times that Old Trafford, when obviously we'd be winning, but we actually had a pretty good record at the Emirates before, like obviously you moved from Highbury, but I think when we were at school, it was just an Emirates team from like 2007 onwards. And that's kind of when you were phasing out from the Cess Fabregas, the Haleb, the Rossiki type team into more of a, more of a flair team as well. So those were the kind of players coming through that were replacing the Vieiras, the Lombards, and Perez's in midfield. So, it's, good. it's a lot different now from when even those players were amazing. And now we've got two very different teams, very different managers, very different approaches as well. So I'm looking forward to it. That's a lie. I'm not looking forward to it at all. I think we're going to lose straight straight away. I think we're going to lose, especially after the Sheffield United result yesterday. We were awful and so many players were awful. So I'm just like not confident against an informed form uh, Arteta Arsenal team as well. How are you feeling about it? Yeah.
1: I watched last night's game actually, um, and yeah, it's going to be difficult. I mean, we were in a phase, um, I don't know weeks ago it was now, where it felt like we were in a huge rut with facing relegation, and um, I, even myself, I was really doubting, you know, whether Arsenal would be able to put us through. Um, but there, there were things he was doing that I wasn't agreeing with, but now he's kind of... Whether he's listened to the fans or not, but he seems to kind of learn his lesson a little bit, and you know, it's in he's had a little drop out the team and it brought in some youth. I think now we're on we're on a surge, and I think we're only three or four points off the top or something like that. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to. It. As you said, I think we're we might have a slight advantage because we won against Southampton. Yeah, I think I think it's all to play for. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think now, because you're at the top as well. What's the saying? You know, you're um, easier to be uh, chasing than be chasing. So, we'll yeah. See. I don't. I don't see
0: the fact that with your with your midfield at the moment, and you've got that your new signing Odegaard or Odegaard. I forgot, forgot how to pronounce his name, but he's coming now, yeah. and hopefully he won't be playing just like that against Man United because that's just another attack in your Arsenal. Pardon the pun, but another attack in, in your Arsenal against. A probably timid defense for Man United currently at the moment, and with our midfield, um, it just rotates every game, and you don't know who you're going to start. So, I reckon Smith Rowe and Saka will, will have a good game against Man United if they start.
1: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know whether Odegaard will, will start straight away. Um We've got a few knocks ourselves. I know Tobias is, is pretty big doubt. Mari hasn't played in a few weeks. It'll probably be Louise instead of Gabriel at the back. I think Gabriel was a bit rusty after his COVID mm. uh, the team. Yeah, and, and even Smith-Rowe and Party came off at uh, the weekend, didn't they? Uh, with, the weekend, sorry, a couple days ago when uh, we played and So, yeah, it will be hard to predict the team, but from what the press conference, he's been pretty confident with Party and Smith-Rowe, uh, but not so much on the team, so, uh, I don't know play but whether
0: will start or not I don't know And with the managers as well like we've got Solskjaer versus Arteta and I don't think Solskjaer's has actually beaten Mikel Arteta yet in the league or in any other competition if they've played but I I, we haven't played you si- we haven't beaten you since uh, at the Emirates we haven't beaten you since you had Emery as manager and we've won like 3-1 in, in the game where Sanchez scored but again yeah, that, that wasn't that was just a counter-attacking game from Man United but with, with the team that we've got at the moment, we should be able to beat you, but I don't think we will. And for me, I'll just talk about like our defence to begin. We'll have probably David De Gea in goal, as, as usual. Don't see why we would change that. wan plays every single game, but he was so poor against Sheffield United. And you can see why Luke Shaw's doing so well, because we literally focus all of our attack on the left-hand side. And wan is just one of the... I've said it before, I'm not a fan of him attacking as a fullback. He's a really good defender, but he's not good attacking-wise. And I reckon Lindelof will probably come back into the centre-back partnership with Harry Maguire as well. But Maguire didn't really have a good time against Aubameyang, like is it, and uh, Pepe at Old Trafford back in November, if I remember correctly, those three started. But it's just going to be one of those just standard back-forward defences for us. And I reckon with the fluidity and the pace of Arsenal's attack, I reckon you could penetrate that pretty well. But I heard that Obama Yang was out. Was that correct? Or he's injured?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's one I just forgot to speak about, actually. Yeah, he's... Um... He's got an issue with it very well. But again, I wasn't sure whether he would uh, play, but well, that might be a bit of hush tactics just to kind of put you off. Who knows? But I think I mean, if he can play, he will. And it's probably. But if he's playable, then I reckon we'll go with uh, the whole Pepe and uh, Lacazette, kind of left and right forward up front I thought that quite worked. That worked quite well. FA on the right, just for me, is just not too predictable. It's cut inside on his left, a couple of step overs, and it's just so readable because he's got no right foot whatsoever. Um, But when it's coming across him and he can run onto it on his left, I think he's so much better. He's been criticised, and I think quite rightly, but you know, credit where credit's due. Against Southampton, he was very, very good.
0: That was a fantastic goal he scored as well. The gate, the pass from Shaka. Again, not on his right side, where he doesn't have to cut in all the time, like a Robin or an Andros Townsend, those kind of players that yeah, love to cut did. in and bend it top corner, like finesse it really. But I don't reckon, I reckon with Saka there, he can take it on his right foot. He can do different things. And that's why he's, he's thriving really. And with Pepe playing as a left forward or a left winger, it gives him another option. So it's probably probably just whipping the ball a bit earlier to Lacazette or to Saka and probably testing the defence yep. against Man United a bit more because wan versus Pepe would be a good battle to see, really.
1: Yeah, it's weird. Uh, towards the start of the season, even last year, I didn't see Saka as kind of option on the right. But I think Arteta has tried it. Um, and he's actually doing really well out there on the right, to be fair. And you could probably put Saka in goal. He can pretty much put anywhere. He's really, really... Um, brains back like a bunch. He learns all the time wherever he plays. And you can see that with England as well. But, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be... It'd be a strange lineup. There's a lot of certainty, I think, even in our camp, of, of what the team will be. Um, but we, we shall see plenty of options as long as he doesn't go back to his old ways of playing like at number 10 or, or William up front. You know, I think, I think
0: okay. we'll work it backwards seeing as we've been talking about your attack. So who would your attack be? Would you have like a front three or a front four? Or how would you, how would you design it?
1: Uh, well, with our set, it's quite obvious you can see that there's two kind of formations when you see in possession. I think um, if I was to pick a three, again, it would stick to the winning formation as a setting. They still on that left hand side. Lacazette's actually been pretty good the last few games, actually, and sticks out on the right. Keep the faith and stick to what works.
0: I reckon it will work. It's just with Saka he's got such a good footballing brain for someone so young as well yeah, and it's playing with such a maturity and the fact that you've got Saka who can play who's what left back last season left centre mid last season left wing last season and now he's playing as a right winger and it's just like he's owned that position for the last 10 years of his career and I reckon he will be given if it's, if it's Luke Shaw Luke Shaw will have a good game because he tends to play well against uh, left footed right wingers like he did really well against Mo Salah a couple times in the last few weeks but I don't get why we rested him against Sheffield United. I know Tejas is really good as a as a left back, but Shaw probably should have carried on playing because I, I mentioned this before, you may not know, but with players like Luke Shaw, they need to play a good three, four games in a row to keep their momentum going. When they drop out of the team, it's not like a normal rest because then they have to get back into form again. So I reckon dropping him against Sheffield United was a mistake, but Saka versus Luke Shaw will be a good, good matchup for me, I'd say.
1: Yeah, I think Shaw's come into his own the last few games, actually. Again, he's another player that, that's had those critics. Uh, I mean, the, the front three I chose there would obviously be if Aubameyang knocked it, but that's just kind of going off what, what we know. Like, um, but yeah, I think it will be uh, a good kind of matchup between Denver and Denver and Denver on top, But I think How much did you pay for Tejas? Like
0: £15 million? Because he was in his last year of his contract as well, so it wasn't too bad.
1: Yeah, I was going to say because sometimes managers sit with players that they've you know, you know, to, to get. That's kind of what our situation was with William. He was playing and playing and because I don't know what the rumors were. His signing, he kind mean, really pushed for it. But I'm sure he's playing well. Stick maybe. Why not?
0: May as well. We can see how it goes. And with with our midfield as well, I reckon again, Fred and McTominay were rested for the game against Sheffield United, so they'll probably start against the likes of Partey and and Xhaka if they're playing, but it'll be probably like a double pivot with Fred and McTominay in the midfield, then you've got Bruno Fernandes in there, Pogba may end up playing as a winger, but with those midfield three, I'd say they're they're tried and and trusted, they've done it before, but it's not very adventurous for a team against Arsenal, because you need to combat Xhaka, you need to combat Partey, and Jack has always got a mistake in him, but this season has, has been not too bad. That's, that's from what I've seen anyway. He's got the old red card here and there, but it's been not too bad, I'd say.
1: Yeah, with Jacker, it's, it's a very strange one. I mean, he he comes back better when he messes up, if that makes sense. So hmm. you kind of need him to, you know, not in the game against United, but kind of make an error, and then he, he kind of overcomes it and gets better. I think with, with party next to him, he seems like a, a totally different player, but I think everyone would be if you had know, or, uh, or, uh, or uh, just kind of pirouettes in the middle, just constantly doing the 360s. But yeah, I, I, I don't mind Jacques he, He's not, not a skater necessarily, but he, he's quite rightly got a lot of criticism and he does, as you say, get sent off, does mess up quite a bit, tells the fans to... Uh, <laughs> off, but um, yeah, he's definitely got qualities, and his left foot is often you know, really, really beneficial to have the build up this Oregon. Yeah, I think if both of them are fit again, you've got to play them to be midfield.
0: And he does have uh, a hint of brilliance about him as well. Like that free kick against Chelsea, if I remember correctly, he scored that goal against Man United probably two seasons ago when it just went through De Gea's arms. It's just another long range effort. And he's got, he's got that in his locker, but I would reckon with Partey next to him as well, Partey has given him that license to go forward another 10, 15 yards as well, which I've quite enjoyed. And again, it worked well against Southampton, just given that bit more freedom to run forward and not being that last man in the midfield where he hasn't been great. He hasn't been good at being that one, that one linchpin, basically. But with Partey, there, he's got that freedom to move forward as well.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really strange actually how our, our team kind of works. I mean, as you said, sometimes it'll be Jacques and that a little bit further forward. Sometimes it'll be kind of party kind of bulldozing through the midfield. Um, and then if it's 10, he's playing then you've got him basically as a left winger and then everyone kind of shuffles over one. You've got Gabriel as a left centre and center, he kind of Or even Jack is sometimes you know, comes kind of back into that left-back role. But as we know, when, when the ball's over to quite he definitely kind of it's, it's it's a wise move to make, I think, when he's that productive. You know, to get him as possible. But I don't think that'll be possible on um, Saturday. We're playing Saturday. Uh, yeah. Who's who's actually really good with his feet. So you know, he's been probably older than you So he hasn't got the legs as much, but he's definitely got the thing.
0: And who would you have in your midfield for the Arsenal team against Man United? So let's say you're playing against Fred McTominay and Bruno Fernandes. You have got that double pivot ahead of you, and one of the in not in one of the best players this season. He's not been in form against Sheffield United, but he's been doing really well. He's just not really done it against the big teams. I know everyone's gonna say, "Oh, he scored against Liverpool. He's done this. This he hasn't this season." That's coming from a Man United fan. We drew nil nil against Chelsea at Old Trafford. We drew nil nil against Man City. We lost in the semi finals to Man City. Six one against Spurs. I've mentioned it previously, but. We haven't really done well against Arsenal or against big teams, so we'll see what mm. Bruno Fernandes turns up.
1: Well, it's just hoping we don't give a penalty away, <laughs> um, which I think that, that's the running joke, isn't it? There oh, we go. I'm sure, you're probably bored of, but like, I don't know my midfield again. Like, what, what? Why would I change it if, if it's playing well and, and those same players are available? It's just got to be Jacker, and and Rowe. Smith Rowe. Don't want to overrun him, but uh, he's young, he's hungry, and, and that's what we were missing. I mean, when William came on the other day, when Smith Rowe came off, I put his video on Twitter, and it was when I think Pepe nutmegged a couple of players. Uh, it was really good to be fair to him, but he couldn't release it uh, because William was just trotting next to him, and he'd only just come on. Whereas I think if that was someone like Smith Rowe, he'd be bursting, uh, you know, best to get into a position, but. Yeah, he's young, he's hungry and uh, yeah, I love in
0: the field three. Because I've seen that a lot this season, like more than most in, in honesty, like, you know, the, the young academy players coming through, the young reserve players coming through and the young English talent coming through from not just our teams, but from various teams across the country. Like I mentioned Callum Hudson-Odoi a few times as well, and the fact that Tuchel starts him in his first game. Okay, they drew nil-nil, but he's offering more than what, uh, like Pulisic or Havertz did, and Havertz didn't do well yesterday at all. Werner's barely getting a game because like, I'd rather see Abraham play a bit more because he offers more air, really. He's a bit more aggressive than Werner. And you can say that about a lot of teams in the league. And we have an Aston Villa fan on our podcast and he's very passionate about Ezri Konsa, who's been a revelation this season with Tyrone Mings, at centre-back. So we can talk about this forever with the fact that it's just emerging really well in the Premier League this season and probably the best I've seen in years. Probably because of there's so many games so soon as well so people have to rotate here and there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if, you know, coronavirus has had much of an impact on transfers and money coming in and I think some of that to kind of uh, go down that route and I think Arsenal is one of those because we, our wage bill and our, our structure and amount of players we've had to exclude and not even be in the squad or terminate early contracts I think we, we've been pushed to do that but I think many fans have encouraged it and I think Arteta doesn't necessarily I'm not sure well, at the start of the season that this was definitely the case but I'm not sure he was too keen on the young and he's very kind of um, protective of it. but now I think you know with the way we're doing it, he's got to keep going with that and that seems like a kind of winning formula um, but no it's it nice to see some Lens graduates come through That the only one I am a bit um worried about or concerned about but his mate knows I think he again we've had many players like that in the past where they don't really know their position and when they find it they're happy to play there or you know when they are needed for example mate Niles probably should be playing at that back because he's played there but uh, in a back four he's not as good as he is, he is as, as a left wing back and, uh, but that's when we played we there against you last year but definitely in the, the LNR FA Cup run he was really good at left wing back and seeing uh, uh, is a left centre. Again, that whole transition from going from a back five to a four would see. It's a big enough as a midfielder, and then we come up as a back forward Tierney. But um, Yeah, it's, it's nice to see. Um, because yeah,
0: it's the opposite with Saka. With Saka, he can play everywhere brilliantly, but Maitland, he plays everywhere in, to a decent standard. Like when I first saw him, I thought he was a holding midfielder or a centre midfielder, but you describing how he played left wing back and is a right-footed player just really explains that he can play anywhere, but it's just you've got other players in that position that play to a better standard. So He's obviously someone that could be playing proper game time at another club, but he's just tr- still trying to find his position under Arteta. And Again, going back to the academy thing, you've got a striker called Florian Balogun, if I remember that as his name, who's again another yeah. one of those youngsters that you know, he's like, oh yeah, I'm doing really well in the reserves, I need to be playing in the first team, I need to be getting a new contract, I need to be getting on the bench more and starting more and all of that nonsense because we've seen that from time to time. Some of them have gone yeah. across to different uh, countries and played really well. Jaden Sancho, um, you've got Musiala up by Munich, those kind of players have done really well but you also got players that are just there sitting in like reserves or on the bench at other countries as well, which isn't great but what are your thoughts on Balogun? Would you have him start a bit more games because of like the lack of goals you've been having? Not recently, but before. Would you give him an option to play? Or not just yet? Because he was in the Europa League as well. Sorry to interrupt, but he's in the Europa League as well. And he scored a few game, few goals in a few games. And that's when everyone was hyping it up as, oh, it's better than Inketia, who's like next in line, basically, after Lacazette. So what, would, what are your thoughts yeah. on
1: Balogun? Uh, listen, if, if he stays great, if, if he doesn't, you know, I want to stay, then, you know, why, why are we going to kind of force it and, and pay a youngster, you know, ludicrous money if, if he, if he, if he wants to leave? But what I would say is when I compare him to Nketi, I, I do think he offers a lot more. He seems a lot more quicker, a bit more tenacious and stronger on the ball. Uh, whereas Nketi, I think, kind of hit a little um, hurdle at the minute with his progression. Um, and he was keeping Lacazette out of the team for a while, but I don't think necessarily because he was. Option. I just think sometimes players need that little bit of a, a kick up on the backside, uh, and in fact, a little bit deeper. When they play together, but yeah, no. Balogun. He seems hungry. I think he's. I don't know if he's a born. I don't know if he's born in America and came to England. I'm not sure what the. the he's thing like he has got like America. he has
0: got American citizenship. I think so. He can yeah. play for the USA. It's like Eunice Musa for Valencia. He was born in the US. He's born in, I think he's born in Ghana. Raised in the USA. Came to England, played for Arsenal, then he moved to Valencia. So it's another one of those kind of like dual nationality type things.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, uh, that would be a, another great homegrown player to come through. Um, but in terms of like yeah, I, I hope we do. But I, I know a lot of players, at uh, clubs are in Germany. I think Stuttgart was a lot of because of staff members there. He's got links um obviously got links on But I just hope he isn't one of those players that we let go and, and they come become something. I mean there's there's um, Marlin PSV, there's Cabri, uh, um, Bayern Munich. Um, but yeah that there's just players that we have let go. Think. Oh that's it, Glenn Kamara at Rangers, he seems a good player. Hmm. Um, Yes, hopefully we don't let him go and hopefully it doesn't bite us in the backside. But at the same time, the as they say, you know, you play for the, the badge on the front. That's what you've got to worry kind of about. There was a game where he put up a, a video with like a shush emoji. I think just after we lost, as in like a dig that he should be playing. I don't want, no, I don't want I stuff other players, you know, get too big for their boots straight away. So I think Oset is quite good about like that. He teaches players lessons. So hopefully it's part of this lesson we hope and then get some positive
0: news on it. Yeah, if only if it benefits the team, that's that's the main thing. It's like Tony Adam says you have to be I think it was Tony Adam who said that about Arsenal. It's like when you play for the badge in the front, people remember the name on the back. And yeah. like like everyone from every club ever has like copied that name, um, that that quote and like put one of their club legends at the end, like Oh, yeah, it was one of our players that played it, but it was Tony Adams that said it, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, I
1: mean, that's, we, we've had a lot of players out like that where it might have been unbelievable, but, you know, they, they, like, they're, like you said at the start, like Gleb, Brzezinski, players that actually people appreciated and weren't always great in the time, but they get quite a lot in the shirt. Players like Coquelin, uh, Gabriel, all players like that really you can see that they're working and I appreciate that but then there's still quite a few players at the club that don't necessarily do that.
0: Yeah and hopefully that's something that Arteta can bring in and hopefully it will bring an easier Europa League route for you as well like just going through the Europa League and trying to get something from the season. We'll move on to our attack and then your defence so with our attack I think it's going to be quite straightforward it's going to be the one that's done quite well recently with Pogba and Rashford on the wings and Cavani up front. I wouldn't start Martial, I wouldn't start Greenwood. James Massa barely get a game anyway so they're not going to come into it anytime soon. Our youngsters Pelistri and Diallo won't get a game against Arsenal. But I really think Master should be playing more. Even from the bench he should have he should have probably played against Sheffield United yesterday. He's kind of is one of those players that will take the extra risk and the extra pass and he will find those half spaces in between back five defences and it's happened before but I reckon against Arsenal Rashford Cavani and Pogba could hurt you but it would have to be like another counter-attacking type tactic like we did a couple years ago at the Emirates when we won uh in the FA Cup the last time we won against Arsenal but I don't see anything bad happening in terms of Cavani versus your centre-backs I reckon we'll, he'll do well but Martial is just not on form at the moment wouldn't really want him anywhere near the squad the starting 11 sorry and Greenwood is still trying to find his way back. Because like you alluded to earlier, players can become really good so soon and they believe they're in hype. And he's had a tough season. His friend passing away, getting criticised in the media, the whole England debacle. But Solskjaer did the right thing by taking him out of the team every now and then. But he's is not one of those that's going to repeat 20 goals a season every season, playing from the right wing. So probably put Pogba or Rashford there, let them switch between... And put Cavani up front because again, he was rested yesterday and Sheffield United had to come on, try and save the game. But we can't just rely on a 33 year old striker who's still adapting to English football. But I reckon Cavani will get a goal, but I don't think we're going to win, personally.
1: Yeah, Cavani, Cavani's actually surprised me. Um, and I'm not sure if that transfer came out of the blue, but it was I thought a wise one to because it, it was a free transfer. He was a free agent, right?
0: Mm. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Him and Thiago Silva from
1: PSG were like, free transfers for them. Yeah, I think it was a wise one to make it you've obviously got the dosh to do that. But, um, yeah, I think, I think we'll be able to cope somewhat and I think, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Martial this year. Uh, I've seen a lot of stuff again, a bit of you know, and Greenwood again, even last year, there was that whole comparison between him and, and Saka, but it can't be compared to two. But, um, yeah, I think what you said there will probably be your, your, your line-up and it will cause us issues. I don't think Gabriel will play. I think it will be Louise. So I think players have fun against Luiz. as we saw, I think he is prone to a little bit of um, silliness. But um, yeah, I think our, our four, I think it will be Bellerin. He'll probably be captain side. You know, it's not, um, who, Bellerin can be hitting this. Again, he's he's a bit strange in terms of his personality, and I think he's dedicated, but he's a bit, um, yeah, as I said, hit and miss when it comes to games. But uh, he can get a miss one time. Uh, I think it would be Holding, who I think's actually been superb um, in, in recent weeks. Uh, and he, he, I couldn't believe he'd only just hit 100 games. Obviously, I forgot that he had his injury. Um, but yeah, he's he's superb, and, and he's someone who been their last. Second, um, and that's it. again. Like we were speaking about, it, that, that you won at your club, and I think he's done really, really well. by his time, he was close to going to Newcastle, um, if it's deadline day, but definitely within the transfer window a the last time. Um, but Arteta, I think, was impressed just by his kind of leadership and kind of aura around the dressing room, so he kept him. and I think it be Louise next to him, who, as I said, has his moments, but. Think Gabriel at the minute is having his moment, so he might be the more experienced one. We'll see. Uh, and then left back, I think it will still be Cedric if Tierney doesn't play.
0: Oh, is Again. Tierney injured? Because I know you still him playing against Southampton, but is he injured for a while? Like, oh
1: no, no, he's not. He's not out for a long one. Um, but he, from what I know, is test. He, he trained yesterday, but in terms of match fitness, I'm not sure is. From what But again, whether we know that's true or not, don't But it'll be Tierney or Cedric, I think.
0: Yeah, it's just with Bellerin as well. Like Bellerin's one of those, like Luke Shaw, like you don't know what kind of play you're going to get whenever the season starts. And you're just there like, is he going to perform this season? Is he not? Is he distracted? Is he going to get another injury? And things like that happen with players and it's natural. And we just need to see how it all goes. And I'm guessing you're going to have Burn Leno in goal, who's been one of your best players this season, despite... You conceding loads, but he's still there. He's still doing a good job. And that's something that goalkeepers don't get enough credit for. The fact that even though your team are conceding goals, it's still keeping more out. It's still, he's grown in his presence, really, Burn Leno, this season, I'd say, from the game that you've lost and drawn, really. Would you agree, or is that a bit too much?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was really difficult at the start of the year when Martinez went and because. He had every confidence in, in Martínez and as we've seen in the Premier League, he, he's one of those players that you wouldn't really worry about making a mistake. I think Leno had that um, kind of prejudice against him this year because people might have thought we'd sold the wrong team. You know, Martínez had been there for years since he was 16. Uh, but yeah, like I think I think you kind of forget, as, as you said, about those players that do actually perform week in, week-out. I think his performances go unnoticed and they only become noticeable when he does actually make a mistake or palms it somewhere he shouldn't or you know just little minute details like that uh, but no, he's been superb he, he does make some um, kind of match saving saves at definitely within a few games I've seen yeah um, yeah no he, he's, he's decent You can't really complain about him I think I'd rather him than, than like to pick or something like that. That's the
0: thing. T-Rex arms we don't need the T-Rex arms at Arsenal that'd just be a comedy
1: yeah the Reto wrist as I, as I call him, <laughs> I think he did, I think, did that last night again. But, no, no, Leno's good. I, I like Leno. Uh, I think everyone, even myself, was just a little bit sour. Martínez went. it was kind of a uh, thing to have, you know, one of your academy graduate. I guess you could call him that, someone that has been trained for so long, you know, he was crying at the FA and stuff like that. I don't know, I think that just kind of hit home with a few Arsenal fans and you know, I don't think people have got to love to Leno just yet. No, I think
0: everyone's happy with him so far. And it was the fact that he got injured against Mo Pay as well in that Brighton game. So that's when Martinez took over. And that's when all the love went to Martinez because he was, I'm not going to glam it up in any way, but he was, he was telling his like backstories a lot in the interviews against Man City in the semi-final against Chelsea in the final. And you're like, yeah, you're happy for him. But then he goes to Aston Villa and that's kind of when it hit home for you a lot as well. It's like, With us, our second keeper, Romero, is quality, but is no longer our second keeper because Solskjaer prefers Dean Henderson. But Romero's not put a fit wrong in the five, six years he's been at Man United. And then he's just been frozen out of the club and we didn't even sell him to Everton when they wanted him. And it's just, it's, it's horrible because you're just like, the guy wants to play, let him play. No, freeze him out. He doesn't even get a game in the League Cup or in the FA Cup or the Europa League kind of thing. Because we're just too focused on bringing Henderson through as a next keeper. But you've got uh, Matt Ryan in as another keeper as well, which is good because that Icelandic keeper weren't all that against Man City, but we don't have to mention that. We can skip it. We can skip it. I I don't want to get you annoyed for no reason, Luke, so we'll, we'll skip it. It's fine.
1: No, no, I mean, he... he uh, yeah, he, he was a strange... Another strange guy because he wasn't even the first choice in the team we bought and he had think, one of the worst kind of save-to-goal ratios or whatever it is. Yeah, it was a very strange. I think it was our goalkeeping coach who recommended him. It yeah. Again, you, you've got plenty of good goalkeepers at your club, and I think Matt Ryan's a experienced, you know, keeper that's done it in the Premier League and, and who's not supposedly. So I think it made sense to do.
0: Yeah, and even with Leno as well. Like when you see on like Sky Sports or BT, people like the pundits and stuff, they're more along the lines of, Oh yeah, he's meant to do that save. He's, he's expected to do it, which is a big compliment to him. And it shows that they expect him to be one of the top keepers in the Premier League. So I reckon he'll have a good game against Man United, but he'll probably will be. He'll probably be tested a bit against Maguire, Lindelof, Cavani in those crosses from corners as well, because that's something we haven't done well at this season besides yesterday. But we're working on our corners and our crossing, and you can see with Cavani, he's got a bit. He's got better movement than Martial, Rashford, and Greenwood, so he knows how to kind of trouble a keeper here and there. So.
1: We'll see how that goes yeah. with that little battle. He's got a really kind of slight frame, Leno, but he's actually, I think, like six foot three. You don't actually realise. So he's, he's got a quite a bit of height on him and, and we, in terms of stats, I don't know what the exact stat is, but I know that we're, we're one of the better teams in terms of dealing goals from set pieces. Uh, we've got a set piece coach in this year, I think, Brentford, something like that, who's actually done quite well. I know at the start of the season we scored quite a few from set pieces as well, but yeah, you you've got some towering figures in there. I think with Cavani, Pogba, Maguire's a big old lump as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, even even ourselves, I think we've got slightly bigger and nastier team than we used to back in the day. I think we we had days of having I'd like show you again was, was really good and fantastic from set pieces, but again wasn't the the, the biggest guy. But Holding's a quite a big brute. Um, Gabriel as well was a, a big. got actually two. Or Two goals from Setbe now, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be an interesting matchup, and um, I think De Gea is over that period now where he first came. I think everyone used to just, you know, go round him, and now he's. I think he's gotten a big, slightly bigger, so yeah, we'll see. I'm not, I'm not sure if we'll bombard him or not, but um, yeah, so definitely something to be good to watch the game both sides.
0: I mean, after yesterday, you can only go and bombard him with Saka taking in swinging corners or Xhaka taking in in corners. You, you yeah. can get the best out of David De Gea like that because he's not going to command the area like he used to two, three seasons ago when we had, uh, like, under Jose Mourinho, he's a fantastic goalkeeper. Under Van der Gaal, is a fantastic goalkeeper. He's hit and miss under Solskjaer at the moment, so I'm not sure why that is. He, should, he was re- doing really well when Henderson came back in as a second choice, but even now, he's not been great. As much as I want him to be the great David De Gea, he's not been the great David De Gea, as we all know and love seeing him, so... That's a that's weakness I'd say Arsenal could exploit from crosses, from corners, from set pieces and just putting a man on him at corners as well. Putting someone like David Luiz in there or putting Lacazette on him, that could be a way of disrupting him. And Billy Sharp did it yesterday, just pushed him in the back. I yeah. thought it was a foul, but again, yeah, VAR I, I saw and that. Uh,
1: they were very similar um, issues, weren't they? Uh, who is it that, I can't remember who supposedly pushed Sheffield United
0: goalkeeper so basically Maguire went for the header but you he didn't see the keepers like behind him so he went for the header you he won it and then Marshall taps it in and it was kind yeah. of the same situation but he gave one for Sheffield
1: United and not one for us but we move on yeah it was, it was, it was double standards I thought but, um, Yeah. do you think that the long term kind of um, solution is that you'll eventually sell De Gea for quite a big bit of money and then bring in Henderson or what do you think the plan is
0: Personally, I don't want to. I'm a big fan of David De Gea and Henderson. Like We've had this situation before. It was similar to when Ben Foster came through in the Man United ranks. So he did really well at Watford. Um, He came back into the Man United team when Edwin van van der Sar was coming to his later years, basically. And he didn't do that well in the big games. He fluffed his lines and he's done this, this and this. But I think because he's an English keeper, people want him to do well and I want him to do well, which is great. But... I would keep David De Gea for as long as we, we could, really. Dean Henderson needs to properly challenge for him and not be someone that's like, oh, I deserve to be number one. If he deserves to be number one, he will be number one. And it'll be like the Courtois-Czech uh, situation. Courtois came back from his loan, became a better keeper than Check, because uh, Check kept making mistakes, as he did, and then he moved to Arsenal. So it could easily happen. De Gea could get his moves to Real Madrid or Juventus or wherever, and Henderson could take over, but... The Gea is like 30, 31 now, so still what, five, I six years? The- Henderson's 22, I think, 22.
1: He's still a, a baby in terms of goalkeeper, yes. he probably still got
0: the Yeah, definitely.
1: But yeah, we, don't, we don't need to check our Arsenal.
0: <laughs> How do you see the game going from an Arsenal point of view?
1: Uh, we, we showed a little bit more energy in, in our last game against Southampton, so I... Again, I hope we we hit the ground running. I think we had a we had a drop literally within the first minute or so from Lacazette. Um, I'm hoping we, we hit we hit the ground running. Um, I think Lacazette has changed his game in terms of his pressing, so I think I hope you press and kind of force you to make you know those those kind of uh, risky passes, and then and then we we hope he can from that. and Uh but yeah, we, we've definitely got some players in there with an no eye for goal, so. I think it'll be open game but I think it might be won or lost by one of our defenders making an error.
0: What's your prediction for the game?
1: Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Arsenal.
0: 2-1 Arsenal. I probably, I probably would say the same. I'd say 2-2 Man United and Man United will win if we actually turn up but With us, we're we're one of those teams that will probably concede first as as has happened quite a lot this season and we'll probably try and make our way for another valiant comeback as we always do When everyone will get happy. Oh yeah, we're going to do well this season. We're back on City's tails and I don't think it's going to be a win. I think we will draw. I think Man United really need to buck up their defence because we've conceded a lot. A lot of stupid goals. There's that goal against West Ham I thought was stupid. They won yesterday. The second goal against Sheffield United was stupid. And it's, it's one that? of... Yeah, He just... Like, De Gea cleared it, and then you've got, like, eight people in the box, and then you just pass it to Burke. Burke shoots. Go, the ball goes back to him, and he just scores again. And I might... Uh, I'm just going to add this into here. Axel Twins, getting racially abused for having a deflected goal go against him it is vile, and it's disgusting. The fact that it was Man United fans shows that they're not fans at all. You don't racially, racially abuse someone because the ball deflected yeah, yeah. off him into the goal, or ever. But it was just stupid. It was stupid from Man United fans. And it's, it's why I hate getting associated like with Man United fans online, because you're just there like, oh yeah, everyone's blaming Twin Zabi. We didn't lose because of Axel Twin Zabi or Marshall. We lost because of the team. That's a whole cliche, but we lost because of the team, basically. Not everyone turned up.
1: I think every fan base has those toxic idiots that, you know, are hiding behind a screen and trying to tarnish the, the name of, you know, the kind of um, old school teams that everyone knows, and you get idiots that try to tarnish that, and they hide behind silly accounts, probably with fake names, thinking that they won't get caught. But it's will make karma come back round, and and all these kind of silly behaviours that they do and, and stupidness will we'll come back to bite them. And I think everyone's just got to come together and just, as we as we saw today, show support online and, and interactions as well.
0: No, well, put Luke, appreciate that. You karma know, will come back around and what we'll yeah, do we'll, we'll just end this we'll just end this little episode with just your favorite memories of the fixture arsenal v man united and i'll do the same like the ones that Highbury, the one that the emirates and what you can cool. personally remember like people yeah, like yeah. to say oh yeah back in 1975 we beat this team at Al- no just like ones that you remember basically i'm happy with that you can go first
1: uh, uh, there's been some good and bad memories uh, games that i've actually been to um I've been quite lucky to go to a lot of Arsenal games, but the Man United ones just stick out for me. If you remember, it was in um actually quite super actually was the kick out races. I think you had the black shirt on. Um Burkamp scored. That was a mental game. I, I went to Was that the one you out. lost
0: four two? Or was that the one the season before when it was one one?
1: I don't know if it was no, it was quite a high scoring game, I think.
0: Yeah, it, 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 was, it was a 4-2 one. Vieira scored, Burkamp scored. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: And it was that whole Keane and Vieira in the tunnel thing. Obviously, you wouldn't see that at Highbury, but obviously yeah, everyone yeah. remembers it now, the fact that we won 4-2. There's a young Ronaldo, a, run, a young Rooney playing. John O'Shea with that left-footed chip. That, that was a fun yeah. experience. I
1: think it was a midweek game, and I, that, that's why I remember it, because... Uh, oh, I might be wrong actually but it was definitely no, a night time game
0: it was a midweek game I was at a school play I won't tell you a school play but I was at a school play in my primary <laughs> school so I missed it yeah it
1: is <laughs> I remember going to that game um, the one I saw this on three, believe, the other day uh, with the point um, is when Ronaldo scored against us in the blue kit Champions League final uh, not final sorry was that cool semi-final semi-finals and Kieran Gibbs came off crying half time but they're some of the bad memories <laughs> that I've had. Uh, good memories. I was at the FA Cup final with my family. Uh, Vieira scoring with his last kick in an Arsenal shirt. The 40 spot. Uh, I was there when Henri scored uh, when a Boue cross. Uh, that was mid-2000s, maybe 6 07.
0: Uh, Yeah, it was the 6 07 one when Rooney scored and then Henri scored. and Adibayor scored as well. I forgot yeah. the order,
1: but it was like that as well. Was that the game Van Persie scored in? A, was it broke his metatars or something like that? Uh, that yeah, that was a mental game. There's been loads, mate. Um, but I, I think that, that we've got proper rivalry, obviously not because of where we are in the country or, or you know where, where we're based. But again, as, as I said a few moments ago, where we are proper kind of the, the, the teams that people remember, you know, in terms of English football. Um, not, not, you know, the likes of Chelsea or whatever, but see, they've got their big fan bases. But everyone remembers the Arsenal's, the Man United's, Liverpool's, kind of old school teams um, who have these memories, like we said, with Vieira, um, even the Keown thing. I think that, that, that was brilliant. <laughs> I'll never forget that. He's just towering over uh, Van Nistelrooy, and he slaps the bar before that, doesn't even have a penalty?
0: Just the giant bear Martin Keown was against Ruud van Nistelrooy, just smacking him on the back of the head.
1: Yeah, there's just a lot of like, annoying, bad moments. I remember being at my nan's house when Rooney dived uh, in, our, in our unbeaten run and then it ended. I remember that. I can remember it so clearly. I mean, my dad just walked out of the room, just went home. Um, <laughs> and, and again, on Twitter, the amount of stuff that pops up about that game and, and how um, I've seen Reyes getting booted up in the air before and just, Sorry, I've gone on there. but No, I'm enjoying
0: it. I was enjoying it because you're taking me down memory lane. And again, this was one of the original title races and it wasn't, like you said, a local rivalry. It was a rivalry for title challenges because it would just alternate between Man United and Arsenal and Blackburn eventually in the 1990s. But Arsenal were always up there. Man United were always up there. And then the emergence of Chelsea came through. And then when it became like a free horse race for the league and new dominance with Jose Mourinho. But even when in, in this decade, I was, I was trying to stick it to this decade. We've done really well at the Emirates, but for me, one of one of my favourite memories was, you're not going to like this at all, but it was when, <laughs> um, do you remember when Rooney scored that last-minute goal to make it 2-0? We won 2-1 eventually, but it's basically a Louis van Gaal team against um, your Wenger team, and there's like Ozil, Cazor, Le yeah. Giroud, uh, Podolski may have been playing. I don't know. He may have been on the bench. But we had like players like Tyler Blackett We had Carrick in centre back. We had De Maria and Rooney as our strikers, and Fellaini playing as well. And it was yeah. just it was just remarkable the fact that Wayne Rooney. For me, that was the last season of when Wayne Rooney was the classic Wayne Rooney, just breaking from uh, the middle of the pitch and just running down. And he scored that to make it two 0 And then Giroud scored close to the last minute as well. And again, you're you're feeling nervous, you're like oh yeah, they're going to score to make it two two and ruin it. But That was a nice little memory for me. But it's always topsy-turvy when you play at the Emirates as well. So we never know what we're going to get.
1: Yeah, I I think it's it's the same with us at Old Trafford. Uh, Three that stand up for me uh, was... um, Actually, I was probably a little bit too young to remember this, but I remember it happening somewhat, was when we had a shocking back four. I think Luzni was centre-back with Stefan, obviously beat a 6-1, maybe in our gold kit. 6-1 Six one or something like that. You, you battered one. us eight two, eight two. You battered us, and again, I remember that exactly to the day. I was sat in a in a bar in Cyprus with my dad, uh, and my cousin uh, called uh, Ambi, and you were just battering us. And again, just walked out. Should have walked out after probably the third or fourth, but the, the eight. I was just like, oh my god. And then I think I don't know what the 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 significance of the goal was, but when Adebayor just pokes it past, uh, I don't know if it was it, was it, it was goal, and he's in the yellow kit, I think it was just one nil we won. He handballed it, that was <laughs> the
0: significance of it, I remember that now, It like, he, he touched his hand and dropped to his knee or something, but he, he kept Gil- it in place, it should have been, it Gil- it sh- it some- yeah I think it was Joe Boito, again in that yellow kit, but it was something odd like that, I remember he handballed it or something, he must have done. But again, like you said, when you are in Cyprus, I was feeling the same when we played against you a couple of winters ago. I was in Tromso in Norway and I was just there like on holiday as you do. And then we came back home to watch the Man United versus Arsenal. And it was that one where Jesse Lingard did the the Mili rock dance at the Emirates. And that's when that whole craze began. And it was all nonsense. But I'm like, if we win, we win. It doesn't matter. But. Pogba got sent off in that game, and that was probably one of Pogba's best games in the United shirt that gets swept under the carpet because he got sent off. But he did that really cool... He just, like, rolled Koscielny or one of your defenders. He just rolled them, and he just passed it through to Lingard to score his second goal of the game. And, again, it's a rivalry that hasn't diminished in any way, but it's more for the fans than anything. And, obviously, Sky Sports, you hype it up every single game, and it could be a nil-nil. We never know what's going to happen, but it's one of those things that just gets hyped up for... Games that have happened in the past, and hopefully it lives up to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping it's similar to the game for us anyway, where I think Ozil and Sanchez were unplayable that day. Um, Walcott scored, remember it? <laughs> that, that, that,
0: that was an amazing game for Arsenal, but we played Carrick and Schweinsteiger in midfield, and you're just there, like, they're getting overrun. They're two old footballers against Ozil, Cazor, no, Ozil, Sanchez, Walcott. Was your front free, and you're just there, like tearing us apart. I'm just that like, you can't do anything against it. Yeah. It was fantastic. That's, that's
1: a great game. I went well, but no, there's some good memories, mate. And I'm, I'm hoping that it's it's similar similar this weekend. And I think that's what everyone's kind of relying on at the minute. And everyone's glad that football's back, and you know that these games are are kind of keeping us sane, uh, even though obviously players right, are running the risk of corona and stuff like that. It's Work behind the scenes that are kind of risking the life I think you could say, but it, you know, it, it keeps us sane, doesn't it? And even doing like little podcast like this has given me something to look forward to this week. And I'm sure we'll message as the game's going on or after it uh, to catch up because I think it's just part and parcel of, of our lives. I don't know one of the things are constantly about football. There's about 10 <laughs> group chats I'm in, just football, 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 football.
0: And so, it's yeah. just, yeah, just another thing as well. It's just nice that. Obviously, we haven't spoken since probably, what, nine, ten years ago, probably met after school occasionally, but we haven't seen each other properly since our school day. So that's why I was like, it's a good time to just catch up and chat. And whilst I'm in lockdown and I've got this podcast going, it'll be nice to just catch up with a few people. And I thought it'd be nice to have you on. So I, I would really like to get you on with the rest of us. And you can tell us your stories of your footballing experiences and everything that um, you've experienced, really. And I think they'll appreciate that as much as I do. So. I look forward to seeing you then, Luke. So thank you very much for your time.
1: Um, No problem. Come on whenever you like, mate. No worries. Let's grab my boy. No problem.
0: It's all well and good. Look forward to it. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening.